0: The following is brought to you by Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. to the Politics, Politics, Politics program for Friday, July 16th, 2021. It's your old pal, Justin, Robert, Young. We got a great show for you today. We're going to update you on where infrastructure is at right now. The Democrats have released their plan for how to get the rest of the infrastructure that they would like into it, the soft infrastructure as it were it's got a price tag and the moderates are already unhappy about it. We will also take a look at the other biggest story of the week and that is the Texas Democrats flying north for the summer. Indeed, it is a uh, a big kerfuffle right here in the city for which I'm broadcasting from Austin, Texas, and I will let you know that while I can appreciate the grandiosity of the gesture, and I very much thank them for the content in this, the content desert. I don't know if it'll be the best for them. And by them, I mean Democrats who actually live in Texas. All that, and a conversation with Matt Donnelly of the Ice Cream Social. He is going to explain to us what Bruce Springsteen means politically how it has evolved, and then we get into a little bit of comedy talk at the end. It's a good chat. I think you're really, 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 really going to like it. mentioned before we've got two tracks that this infrastructure is running on right now both of them are being spearheaded by the senate it would then go to the house we've got the bipartisan deal and and by the time that you hear this on friday we might be further along on it but right now this is kind of a delicate situation where everybody's actually writing the legislation so The Republicans are concerned about the pay-fors, whether or not the pay-fors, a.k.a. how this would pay for itself, is real. And it's not just going to be something that will fall apart and create new debt no matter what. As of this recording, it, it, it looks okay. If you don't hear screaming and yelling, it means it's good. The real interest, at least right now, is on the Democratic side. Because we finally have a number on what the Democrats want for the rest of the infrastructure. Remember the first part, the bipartisan part, around a trillion, maybe a little bit more than a trillion. The other side, the soft infrastructure, 3.5 trillion. So more than triple what the bridges, roads, tunnels, and broadband will cost. This is via the Punchbowl newsletter. The internal agreement among Senate Democrats is a critical first step, but it's only that a first step. Manchin and Cinema, uh, uh, the, the moderates that you're going to really have to woo over if you are the progressives, only support a much smaller reconciliation package, somewhere around another $1 trillion to $2 trillion. So we'll have to see what they think of a $3.5 trillion framework. Progressives, meanwhile, will not accept a $1 to $2 trillion deal. While Bernie Sanders won agreement to expand Medicare to cover dental, vision, and hearing coverage, he lost the battle to lower eligibility to 60 or even 55. So, further caves will be tough to swallow on the progressive side. And that was before Manchin put out his own uh, a statement on this, saying that. Uh, you know, this is not going to happen. Instead, it's too expensive. The more we go with this, the more I do genuinely believe that this bipartisan deal is going to get passed through the House, and then the Democrats are going to fight with each other to the point where they can't agree on anything. Because remember, they need every... Everything. They need everything. Everybody, all hands on deck. All 50 in the Senate to pass anything. So if Manchin and Cinema are not swayed by this, and, and, and the progressives are already at maximum reach across the aisle with $3.5 trillion, well, might just be dead in the water. But we'll see. That's early. It's way too early. Way too early to say that. Right now, we just have a fragile moment on the bipartisan, hard, rock-solid, tumescent infrastructure and the beginning of an internal democratic conflict for the $3.5 trillion downy, goose-feather-soft infrastructure. Here's the other big story of the week, and it happened in my backyard. Happened. Past tense. It literally left my backyard. Texas Democrats, for the second time, denied Republican-dominated legislature and the Republican governor the ability to pass a new voting bill they deemed voter suppression. Last time, they snuck out of the chamber, forcing GOP Governor Greg Abbott to call a special session. On Tuesday, they did it again. This time, they flew to Washington, D.C. and vowed not to return to the state capital of Boston until the current special session ends. Governor Greg Abbott sent Texas police to arrest him, which is an impotent gesture since the police under Abbott's control don't have jurisdiction outside of the Lone Star State. So, the Texas House Democrats will spend the next few weeks in D.C., presumably not eating barbecue. Because it's, I mean, they can get Ben's Chili Bowl. That's good in D.C., There's not a lot of good barbecue in D.C., at least not that I've had. Not as good as Austin, at the very least. That would be a great round of emails that I got. Theyoungamerican at gmail.com if there's a great barbecue scene in D.C. that I'm not aware of. Now, here's where I would have usually gone this round with a segment like this. I would have read this bill, and I'd see if the Democrats were justified In making like brave Sir Robin and bravely running away. And I did read a lot of coverage of it. What I was able to glean is that I still think this bill and its cousins around the country, including the one in Georgia, don't even have much of a chance for honest discussion. Mostly. Because in none of the press coverage I've read about this, is there even a mention of the fact that nationwide, states took emergency measures to expand voting apparatuses for COVID reasons in 2020. Now, you might think that these measures were a long time coming. And it's a total coincidence that your guy won when they were in place. Or that they were a necessary stopgap for health reasons in 2020, but we should return to a new normal. And also, it's a total coincidence that your guy lost when these things were in place. But we should all acknowledge that it did happen because of COVID. And these bills are at least in part a reaction to draw a new normal by way of the legislature that was elected to do so. Whether or not you believe in that legislature or you're in the opposition party of your state, that is why they are elected. Now, believe it or not, in this Texas bill, there was marginal bipartisan compromise, at least compared to the first version that the Dems fleed uh, to not pass. Specifically on restrictions with Sunday voting, which is viewed as targeting black turnout. And some disability restrictions were amended in the Senate bill that did pass, by the way, after the House Dems bolted. It'll die on the vine if they don't come back before the special session or at least enough of the House Democrats to make quorum. But here's my big point on this. The House Texas Democrats right now are props. They are big Foam cowboy hats for federal Democrats to wear as they raise money and act like they have any leverage to pass a voting rights act in Congress. They don't. They they're not going to agree on the second part of this infrastructure. You think that they can get together and, and sway anybody to, to do a voting rights bill when, when this is how they're treating the, the, the bills in the states? Hell no. They are making this a federal issue. And they are for sure going to raise a ton of money on this by making it into Jim Crow. But eventually, the National Party will get bored with their Texas toys. And at that point, all these politicians that are up in D.C. right now better hope they've maximized their networking time with party insiders and lobbyists. Because nobody wants to wear a big foam cowboy hat forever. And Abbott is going to keep calling special sessions and eventually something will get passed. So here's what I don't know. And if you are a Democrat in Texas, which probably means you either live in or in the suburbs of Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. This is for you. At what cost? Politicians repeatedly leaving their posts is a desperate gambit. You don't really have a lot of moves past that except resigning. If Texas Democrats are indeed gaining power in the metropolitan areas that I just read off, does this show them to be more or less powerful? Furthermore, if you've already said that this bill is so awful, that we are going to pull a stunt like this now, when do you stop? And when have you made enough progress that now you'll vote on something even if you don't agree with it? Or at least allow a vote to be taken because that's really what this is. No one's asking these Texas House Democrats to vote for this. They can vote against it vociferously and then campaign on it and raise money. But not allowing it to happen, again, it's just a bit of a desperate move. Furthermore, what happens if the Republicans start punishing them by putting popular bills up for votes after they fled so that they are absent for those as well? Is it worth it to hang these political albatrosses around your neck voluntarily when there's no real smart way for how this is going to end? And you haven't really gained anything except for a lot of fundraising that's probably not even going to go in these politicians' pockets. I guess I don't politically see very clearly what you get out of this. Now, that being said, the press for this was good. People did say the phrase Texas House Democrats a lot. And indeed, for a few days, America's been singing their song.
1: Robin ran away, no. Bravely ran away away. I didn't. when they-
0: Tail no! And no. Just it up and about I didn't! Folks, there's only one way that this show continues to roll. You don't hear ads on this show right now. That means that the way that you can support this show is by heading on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Again, TakePoliticsSeriously.com. There you get our Sunday show. That is... Sorry, it comes out midnight on Monday, but it's called our Sunday, Sunday, Sunday program because we review all of the Sunday talk shows. We find the narratives that they are going to be pushing, and we tell you what to watch for over the next week. I suspect that this week's episode with what we just talked about is gonna be good you also get our late edition despite the fact that this comes out on Friday it gets recorded before Thursday which means that if you want to know the latest of what happened like let's say there was a gigantic infrastructure thing that broke on Thursday that's the podcast I'm going to talk about it on not this one because it gets recorded earlier Head on over there right now. Take politics The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. Two, three, four. He's an icon, a musical legend. And somebody that if you grow up either on the East Coast or specifically in the Northeast is particularly inescapable. Although Bruce's journey, much like one of his very well-written songs, is deeper than you might initially think it is. Here to discuss the legacy of Bruce Springsteen is the host of the Ice Cream Social podcast, our friend Matt Donnelly. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, happy to be here, Justin. Thanks for having me, buddy. A conversation that me and you have had off, off podcast is a a fascination with the politics of Bruce Springsteen.
1: Now, yeah, yeah. Well, you disparaged him on air. Is what happened. Well, and so because I I I, I, was I, look at,
0: I look at Bruce like a musical celebrity. Maybe right. one of the biggest in American history. And you being from New Jersey, find that a diabolical insult, <laughs> Absolutely, a diabolical a under, underselling of like, that's like, that's like me walking into the Vatican and being like, nice story. It's a great story yeah. like like there's yeah. just there's just a quantum leap of of difference that you as a New Jersey native have to Bruce Springsteen.
1: We owe it to him. I mean, you, you know, this is a guy who was going to be billed as a New York City singer songwriter next Dylan type. And so he called his album Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, as an FU to his own record contract with the Columbia Records. Yeah. Just to put New Jersey on the map. Come on.
0: So that's, that's, that's all right. Receipts. So here, let's, let's start here before we get into anything else. I, I just need to know from, from the voice of a zealot, uh, yes. please tell me about your God. Uh, uh, we I, just, for people who who grew up in, you know, the West coast or uh, away from America, uh, uh, what does Bruce Springsteen mean to New Jersey? I mean, you know, he, 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 he
1: is a champion of the state that everyone else refers to as the armpit of America. Yes. And he's undeniably successful because of it, you know? And, and so, uh, when anybody wants to rail on us or compare us to maybe another state that other people rail on, he's like the first thing you can produce to be like, well, we got this guy. And uh, he crushes it, you know. I mean, we also have Buzz Aldrin, you know. I mean, no, we have a couple yeah, other. <laughs> he,
0: didn't, he didn't write Tunnel of Love, like. Uh,
1: uh, and, and and that he's actually gone to the map to, like improfessionally to. Do, so, like I just told you about his first album. He goes out of the second album. They're like, we record this with our mu- musicians. He's like, no, I'm going to record it with my Jersey Shore trash musicians because they've been with me since before I had a record contract. And they're like, if you do that, we won't promote the record. And he says. Okay, and cool. he lets the wild, the innocent, and the street shuffle just fall off everyone's radar, and he because he, he wanted to not re-record and that kind of stuff. So, like, I mean, like his earliest, earliest careers where he should have maybe failed, yeah, by being loyal to his his friends in Jersey and being and being all about New Jersey, he 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 held forth. So he 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 did it a long time ago. So he is so he I,
0: is a folk hero, and and I guess like yeah. you, like you mentioned, sort of in passing, but let's put a hat on it. There is you cannot explain if you're not from around there, the psychic uh, uh, rivalry that is New York versus New Jersey or being in orbit of New York. Yes,
1: you are definitely just always a stepchild. I mean, when you go up in New Jersey, you say the word the city. And that does not refer to a city in your state. Yes. It either means New York City or Philadelphia. Yeah, You have imposter syndrome as a state no matter where you live. <laughs> there's very few things that you can not where you, someone can't point and be like a lot more stuff's happening over there yeah, than here and it's
0: not far like <laughs> it's not you far know. it's an
1: easy drive train ride whatever you want to do it's a boat ride it's right there yeah and so yeah you just constantly like even if you go to the famous jersey shore you can see new york city from there you can see the city in the distance and it just is there letting you know a lot more stuff is going on <laughs> than where you are
0: and i would imagine that like There there is this element, especially from what you mentioned right up at the top of of the Bruce Springsteen thing that it's like, well, no, like this is artificially maintained because it's not that everybody who's born in the five boroughs, although there are many make up the reason why New York City has this reputation. It's it's hoarding the rest of the country's talent up to it, including New Jersey. And people go there and just claim to be from New York. Well, that's it. And like, if
1: you do anything in New Jersey, that's worthwhile. People go, are you going to do it in the city? Yeah. Are you going to go to New York? Yeah. <laughs> so like, no, I'm doing it for you right here. Can't we also like the Jersey shore, you know, cover bands. Can not we also <laughs> thrive here? Can we also rock here? And uh, the answer is like, no, being New Jersey's best blank gets you no attention whatsoever. But being New York's 10th blank gets you a lot of attention. So So.
0: I I guess (laughs) is this is this kind of the like he's 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 the reverse Sinatra because Sinatra is a New Jersey guy who was never shy about being from Hoboken, but then was very, very, very uh, keen to wrap himself into New York iconography.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and let's not leave Count Basie off the hook on this either. Oh, he really did this not do son enough. son of a bitch.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> did not. I mean, he put out a song called Kid from Red Bank and then really just sailed from there. Didn't really didn't really come back. So All lot.
0: right. So what we're what we're uncovering is decades <laughs> of musical betrayal. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B- before the, uh, uh, the, the, the folk hero, the and, man, the, the, know, the, the, the David to the Goliath stands up and fells the giant.
1: Yeah. Bronze medal to Frankie Valley, silver <laughs> medal to John Bon Jovi. Yeah. But like, you know, it just,
0: it, this is really only one guy really doing it right. I I remember the the thing that we wound up talking about this was it was another interview that we did about the politics of uh Bruce Springsteen with a uh, or just in politics in in music and celebrity in general that that yeah had the tie to the Bruce Springsteen commercial, but when we kind of first went over that, what was what was really fascinating to me was how the, the, there's kind of this like uh, a mascotization. Of yeah. politics in general, and nothing makes mascots like music even more so than acting because, like, unless you're in a franchise, you don't play the same person every every time. Whereas yeah, if you're yeah, a yeah. musical like, actor,
1: you can't you can't pony out Tom Hanks and be like, do monologues for everybody who showed up tonight? Yes, you know he can't really go to work in front of a crowd that paid fifteen thousand dollars for a dinner plate. Right. Yeah. You know, it, 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 music is like you can bring it in the room.
0: But even from a a like Bruce Springsteen will be making Bruce Springsteen music until the day he dies. And whether right. or not if he does, if it's all of a sudden Bruce's uh, a cover of Jewish folk songs, they're going to sound yeah. like Bruce Springsteen. song. like, you know what that will well, his last mind. two
1: albums are pretty weird. You're not far off, but yeah. his last two albums are really different. <laughs> so.
0: and, that's, and that's, he's gotten so big now that he can literally do anything. But I guess yeah. the, the, the other thing to, to just, before we even get into the music or the politics about Bruce Springsteen, that's always amazed me. And I did bring this up in that other interview is the hold he has on the media, which I, I think cannot be undersold that like I watched it happen With kids that were my age in journalism school, they just all, like, one day they woke up and they're like, we're sports writers. We love Bruce Springsteen. Who wants to go golfing? Like, it just, (laughs) it was like pod people. It was crazy. And, like, they never talked, they were were lunkheads. Like, they had no clue. They had no diversity of music opinion. They just knew. They heard Bruce Springsteen for whatever reason, especially for people that focus on writing, like yeah. they uh
1: uh really, really, really cotton to well, it. Well that's yeah, I mean that's I, I think yeah, there's there's an attraction there in that. So like Dylan, amazing songwriter, but also seems like a sentient being sometimes. Yeah, like, I can't decide to be Bob Dylan. No. It seems like Bob Dylan is born Bob Dylan. Yeah. Springsteen is a guy who seemed to like figure it out by banging his head against the wall.
0: So, there, there, so- there's a human element to him yeah you're like
1: if he can figure out how to write the songs of the people yeah i can figure out how to write the stories of the people i can be the bruce springsteen of journalism yeah there's, there's a sense of like i can i can go that way with him
0: which i guess he does just sort of meld that uh that 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 line between like, all right, it's not like, oh, I'm going to listen to a December song and I'm going to pick out all the lyrics that have 16 letters and look them up so I can be, you know, better or smarter. <laughs> right, it's right, like right. this is which is which is far more my uh, that was that was that was my M.O. And when, when I was a yeah, young yeah. journalism student. Uh, <laughs> but but for them, it was like uh, or, or just anybody who gets into Bruce, I think that. It's he can write happy he can write sad, he can write smart, yeah. he can write elemental, and oftentimes he does all of them at the same time. And, and that's what kind of makes him an artist. And also he just keeps touring. Like there's always been a chance to see him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard because he, he started he started so young. I mean, he started just, no matter what, I'm going to go out and play music at like 14, 15 years old. So by the time he was doing his first records, he had been out in front of crowds for like 10 years. Yeah. And trying to keep a bar crowds happy. That's its uh, own crowds. Thing. It's its own. Yeah. You know, if you have 10 years of experience of keeping crowds happy before you, you sit down and, and actually start recording your your albums, you you you're gonna have a different palette than someone who's going about it maybe philosophically.
0: Yeah. But let's get into the the the, the meat of the music because this is where yeah. I think the politics sort of, said, uh, this, is where your sort of listeners, this is why your listeners are
1: actually listening. Is this starting is why we're now. listening.
0: All right. <laughs> How would you describe through his early work what makes him a superstar, the political ethos of Bruce Springsteen, specifically the early work? You know,
1: um I mean we're really talking about born in the USA, right?
0: Sure. Yeah. We can go. I think that's, go, I think that's where yeah.
1: it starts. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, he's got a couple of hits. You know, I think Hungry Heart's his biggest hit up until that point. Yeah. Um, you know, he's always had his own kind of unique kind of cult following for music fans. Uh, Hungry Heart puts him on the radio, but it really doesn't, he doesn't become the super duper star that he is until Born in the USA comes out and it's his first foray into politics. As people who don't listen to the lyrics consider that to be an awesome patriotic song. And people who listen to the lyrics go, what are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) You know? And then Reagan starts campaigning with that song and everyone cheering. And Bruce says, please don't use my music. I don't want to be in politics at all. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, that's his first kind of stance is, I'm an entertainer, leave me out of politics you know, like, like the Michael Jordan Republicans buy sneakers too. comment yep. um, that would come back and haunt him later. Years and years later, yeah. years and years later, because people don't believe in time <laughs> and, uh, uh, same thing happens here. So, so until Bruce ever weighs in on politics again, it was like, here's a guy who wanted Reagan to stop using his music so he can just, uh, be a, be a rock and roller and, and stay out of that, that world, that space.
0: So born in the USA comes out what year? That is 1986. So we are we are in the middle of the kind of go-go Reagan 80s. Uh he we are yeah. we are in the second uh this oh no no, came no, out no
1: earlier only because Reagan used it campaigning. So I think it might have come out in 84.
0: Uh uh the the Google.com says 86, but I don't know whether or not but no 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 that would still be uh oh no 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 I guess it was it Bush campaigning? So it would be it would be the end of uh, yeah. uh uh the second uh the, the second term of Reagan, this is gonna be a great part of the podcast We're both Matt and I are <laughs> I mean, just I, googling this to is find where out. I hope
1: you you're editing is top notch. Mm, you <laughs> overestimate me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: as long as really? I can make
0: this funny. I don't no, have so to edit. I'm,
1: I'm on Bruce Springsteen.net. Okay. And it says June 4th,
0: 1984. 84. Okay. Yeah. So then that means it is hot on the radio yes as reagan is campaigning for his second term and that's yes. and that's where that's where the connection comes in yeah yeah now whether or not people think that it is a yay america record there right. is certainly an element that it is a common man's record right and that <laughs> is and that is i think emblematic of of his writing is that no matter what this is union hall like maybe the son of the of the guys who hung out in the union hall kind of uh record
1: yeah well he and he famously meets the um author of born, uh, born on the fourth of july at the sunset marquee and bruce's you know never done anything overtly charitable until he starts doing he starts doing fundraisers for veterans of vietnam before he records this album or this album comes out you know, and so a, and so is his first time really reaching out to maybe a sect of people directly, yeah, through effort that he didn't gain naturally by playing music all over the place. You know,
0: so and and this is kind of what makes him a fascinating figure because he does have all these different ties. Although he does, for whatever reason, speak to an element of you know college-educated writers. He is, I think no matter what there because he is trading off the idea of what I would imagine to be a Reagan democrat or, uh, somebody that was by and large a democratic voter that was a union guy or a working class guy that for whatever reason saw worth in the Reagan presidency they enjoyed the economy doing well their their lives were better under the Reagan economy and so it it almost makes sense why reagan is using this song as a as 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 a rallying cry but like you mentioned immediately not only outwardly is bruce very not comfortable with that but i think it sows the seeds for our second act which is bruce's actual politics sort of coming more to the fore as he becomes more famous yes
1: yeah yeah and just kind of established where he is i mean um I don't know how far you want to jump ahead, but I think the a real changing point is the song 41 Shots.
0: Okay. And so that, uh, well, here, before we get to that, is there anything, anything, I don't want to, I don't want to miss anything because this is our deep dive. So if we miss it, then it goes away forever. Well, Is oh, there I anything understand. between yeah. now and uh, between Born in the USA and, and 48 Shots that we want to deal with?
1: Not too much. I mean, you know, like uh, basically he comes back up, uh, he basically goes through a period where everyone thinks he's done in the early nineties. Yeah. And he has a couple of uh albums that come out that, you know, uh mixed reactions, solo albums, free of the E Street Band. Um, and then he Is this comes a period back with- where he
0: starts working with is it his new wife or or girlfriend? Right. So, so, so Tunnel of Love comes out. And it's all about
1: his divorce yeah. and, and remarrying Patty. And and then it's also the last E Street Band album. And then, so he becomes kind of a, uh, he loses a lot of his own fans by saying, we're done. We're, I'm done working with E Street Band and we're, and we're over. And he comes back with a solo band. He plugs in on MTV Unplugged. He has a weird goatee. There's just a lot <laughs> of things where we we cool to Bruce in the 90s. Yeah. And then he recovers with, uh, coming up with, again, weird looping tracks, uh, Streets of Philadelphia, comes out with the whole thing, and all of a sudden he's out and part of the, uh, the AIDS awareness campaign, and he, he's friends with Bono and all these other things. And so he's back on this kind of, so he basically, re, he basically re-emerges with a political leaning yeah. on AIDS awareness in And the I guess 90s
0: that, and- that is a fascinating thing, that late- Or mid 80s to mid 90s, really even late 90s period. And you could probably go from like Live Aid to like the Free Tibet concerts. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, this was just a period in which musicians were like, I've got a cause. I've got musician friends. We're going to book a massive show. Festivals were huge at that time. Lollapalooza was like a cultural phenomenon. Uh, uh, all the subsidiaries of that for these different genres of music were, were massive and some still going.
1: Yeah. You couldn't tour in the summer unless you were part of a larger tour.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. For the non-political stuff, it was, you know, Lollapalooza, Horde tour, Warp tour, Lilith fair. Like there was just like, whatever your genre, there was a, a touring act for you. Oddly not rap. I feel like that's got a political and racial component that uh, um, we have yet to explore. But, um, then you also have these like live aid again is is so big that it closes the queen biopic like it is right. this massive massive thing and and even though uh, uh, I would love to see somebody do a free Tibet concert now considering how much we're we're tied into China uh, uh, that yo. that to me is is pretty much the last time that like it fades past that like musicians find different ways that they can channel their philanthropy
1: yes. Although I was at that concert at Randall's Island and it was incredible. (laughs) I mean, mean, yeah. When you can see U2, Tribe Called Quest, Radiohead, like it was an unbelievable lineup of
0: fans. (sighs) Uh. To me, nothing is, nothing shows you how, like the effect of the, the intersection of commerce and China and America more than the fact that like, if, a major artist if, if, if Selena Gomez or, or somebody, if if somebody was like, I really think we should free Tibet, You would never hear of Selena Gomez ever again. (laughs) Like that would just be, let alone I'm going to do a concert and it's going to be, I'm going to get so many different people. And I'm just the, the worst rapping beastie boys. I love the beastie boys. Please don't email me. Um, yes. Like, uh, 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 and, and that's my big thing. And that's why we're doing this concert. Like, uh, uh, It's um it's it is it is fascinating, but but Bruce is a part of this. Bruce is a part of because Bono's got a very political uh thing, and now he's and Elton John obviously was was leading the uh uh leading the charge with with AIDS awareness.
1: Yeah. Uh, And it's like where we can like we feel basically like the song is good enough, and it's part of a a huge the, the it's attached to a movie that's that's creating a lot of waves, and it's such a good cause that we feel bad. Kicking kicking Bruce Springsteen at that point.
0: (laughs) So even though even though even for hardcore Bruce fans, he's still in the desert a little bit. Like, Like it's still a bop. Like we're all feeling, we all just found out about AIDS like five minutes ago. It's really screwed up. Like we just watched this real world season and he took yeah. his finger in the peanut butter and everybody's like, Jesus, I didn't know this was a thing. He's dead. Oh my God. That's crazy. Uh, uh, and so like Bruce, ah, whatever,
1: that's fine. I'm really glad that we gave your listeners a companion piece of an, of an AIDS awareness deep dive right along with Bruce
0: Biggs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 honestly, that's for me. At that age, that was a, like, I, like, like, okay, that and Magic Johnson, you can pretty much, like, put all that in a blender, and it was like, I had no idea what AIDS was. I knew everything about AIDS in about two and a half months.
1: I had the uh, episode of 21 Jump Street where Johnny Depp is winces at sharing the milk with the guy who has AIDS in high school. And it's a big moment on that episode. Big moment.
0: The the, the yeah. AIDS milk is, is big yeah, in yeah. 21 AIDS Jump milk. Street. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I didn't,
1: I wasn't really a 21 Jump Street guy. I don't think my mom made me watch it. Oh man. Anything Peter DeLuise, I was all over it.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, so, so, so he's, he's in the charity phase. He's in the charity yeah, yeah. phase.
1: Uh, end of the 90s reunites with the E Street Band. Okay. Releases greatest hits albums, puts out four new tracks uh, with E Street on it, and they tour and they just sell out stadiums
0: everywhere. So that is when he becomes like a a a, a stadium act. Like a, a yes. the like very, well, very- Born
1: f- of the USA became a stadium act and then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, hey, if you missed the stadium act Bruce Springsteen and you thought it was never coming back, it's back. So it's like feverish. That yeah. he's back. Because Tunnel of Love, he he actually wouldn't play stadiums. He'd only play like big theater environments and stuff for that for that album. Yeah. And so it was like just over. And then it was just, you know, it was cool if he popped up in a bar, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's he's touring again and he's, you know, he's selling out uh, everywhere in Jersey specifically, like sells out five concerts in a second in giant stadium. They add five more shows that sells out in 10 minutes. He adds five more shows that sells out in 45 minutes. He, <laughs> he plays 20 shows in giant stadium in a row, uh, in, in, in Jersey that summer. So it's, it's crazy.
0: Gigantic. Now, yeah. before we get to what I think you very correctly have pointed out to be the kind of dividing line on, on Bruce's politics, yeah. Let's just define for people. So we are all working from the same definition. Yeah. When we say working class people, <laughs> who are we defining with this? Like, what are the jobs of working class people?
1: Oh, I, that's a, I mean, it's a tough call. Cause like basically, you know, um, like the New Jersey New Jersey landscape changes so significantly from from the uh seventies through the nineties. Okay. I mean, you know, it was a, f- you know, between Newark and Trenton and all those other places, it was a factory town. Yeah. You know, up and down. And then all those factories close. And then all those real estates are bought up by suburbanites <laughs> or yeah. basic commuting to Philadelphia or New York. But they make up New Jersey and they carry that that deal you know so the working class uh, for who's who's like i mean it's it's a tough call because you know i've seen i've seen Springsteen live a few times it's expensive to see him well now um yes yeah. and
0: probably even in, in in the late
1: 90s in the late 90s it was expensive to see him but it was you know uh really it's so you know i mean the the, the knock on it is that he never was a working class person he, sure. he was a musician and whether he actually appealed to working class people or people who like to romanticize the working class of, of the United States.
0: Gotcha. I would, here's, here's all I I would say. If we're going to define whether or not you are fetishizing and wearing them as wearing their pelts as, as uh, uh, you know, to signify your own earthy aroma or like, this is who you are. Working class to me would be any kind of manual factory worker most anybody with a, a, a union in which they are negotiating for like lower scale pay. And that is your, that is what you are, are, are a part of. So maybe not the pilots, yeah. you know, but, but certainly a lot of other, you know, big, you know, not baseball players and pilots, but, but more auto workers, factory workers, like stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, people making around the minimum wage in, in whatever kind of service industry. And that's something where like, it does get big in Jersey around that time is the the casino entertainment industry that, that winds up bubbling up there. And then, and here's where we're going to lead into this dividing line, firefighters and cops. Yes. Yeah. Like, and and so now we get into his, uh, uh, you know, he has two songs in, in this late nineties, early two thousands period, one that is kind of the song that everybody needs to hear in the moment, which is the Rising about nine eleven, and and that is a huge thing. But then he's got this political one about the shooting of uh, um, ooh, Diallo Diallo Amadou Diallo. Um, yeah. So uh, 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 that and it's
1: not subtly named. No. <laughs>
0: it's named the amount of shots that killed him. Yeah, uh, it is uh uh kids if you're if you're if you're new to this uh, uh police brutality conversation, uh ask your parents. <laughs> uh but yeah, there was there was a man in New York City that uh uh they thought he had a gun. This was the the police explanation. They Yeah. all emptied their clips and so that added up to a gigantic Amount of of shots, forty eight shots, which is uh, hence the name of the song.
1: Forty one, yeah, forty one. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and then all of a sudden, you know, even when he told Reagan not to use that song, or when he put out Streets of Philadelphia, nobody was like, "Bruce, stop it." There's yeah. no giant voice that was like, "Don't do it. How dare you?" You know.
0: I think if anything, there was an element of the conservative crowd that was like, "Sure." like yeah. if if they like if if he if you if, keep if, if the point is you don't want to be a part of politics, fine, as long as we yeah. don't have to listen to uh, the everyone in Fleetwood Mac tell us how to vote
1: <laughs> right, yeah, 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 and so all of a sudden there's an uproar, and then it's the New York police Department, you know he's doing concerts in in the new- in new york and 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 the New York Police Department says, we're not going to do security at any of your shows, yeah. And when that police department speaks, it tends to speak for more police departments. Right. It's and so the biggest, it becomes, the biggest
0: in, uh, why well, the LA one might be bigger, but, but it is probably yeah. the most influential one in the country.
1: Definitely influential. Certainly yeah. has a lot of sway in New York. You just spent a lot of time in New mm-hmm. York. Um, and so, uh, then it becomes cops and firemen. No more Bruce screw Bruce. Yeah. No, thank you. And we're not going to shows anymore. And, we're now gonna work security and and it's you know, common knowledge is that many security, especially large security outfits, are often off duty police cops. officers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a it's a big deal that he loses those people.
0: And in, so here's in the here's what's fascinating to me is that Bruce at that point goes from kind of a transcendent figure, somebody yeah. that I like could play you know, Alabama, the same way he could play the Bay area. Like he's doing yeah. the same songs. People are there for a lot of the same reasons. They're identifying with these same themes. And then he just kind of becomes a poli- or a musician who speaks about politics and, and yeah. that's going to come along with it. Whatever culture war costs that, that are going to come along with it.
1: Yeah. And from that time forward, you really can look at like his tour dates and stuff in the United States. I mean, it's still incredibly popular in Europe and stuff like that. But you see, he starts playing like the South yep. less and less, and 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 different areas of you know, there's just certain areas of countries that start to fade away, you know, and then, um, so by the time he actually starts coming out and campaigning, blatantly, yeah, for Obama, for
0: politicians, yeah,
1: for politicians, um. He I think he already understands that his fate is sewed. Yeah. I I you know, there was, I don't think there's any risk on his part by the time he's coming out for Obama. I don't think there's any risk on his on his part.
0: No, because he can sell out the uh, arenas for sports writers alone. You know, there's just enough yeah, of it them. Exactly he's, he, right. he's made critical mass. And and
1: we that engine is the proof of concept is happening right now. Oh, really? But, I mean he can just show up in New York every night. Oh yeah. And sell oh, up oh, yeah, every night. It's Broadway. The most thing. expensive. Yeah. yeah, he's he's on Broadway right now and you weren't able to get a ticket before and then after the pandemic you still can't get a ticket now. It is the most expensive ticket no, in now, town.
0: now 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 Obama can't get a ticket. Like, like <laughs> it's really it, true. It's but just it's can. all like 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 hedge fund managers and their girlfriends and yeah. and and then he'll come back with his wife tomorrow. Like like yes. that it's just can you afford to pay $30,000 a seat? If yeah. so, Cool. And there's enough of those people that it will, there will nary be an open seat for the next five years.
1: And is the end in sight? No, no. There's no end in sight as to when he can't sell out a a Broadway theater in New York City, and so he he, he literally proved it. He can go nowhere and make a ton of money. Yes, <laughs> live shows, and he can
0: and and he can do it without the East Street Band. He can literally yes. do it with with one guitar and and just and everyone will talk about how amazing it is, and it probably yeah. is. I'm sure it rules. He's a very charismatic guy. His songs are awesome. Like he's. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to do, do disparage Bruce. But this comes into the, to me, the final act, and that is that Super Bowl commercial, because there is an element yeah. of, I, I get from conservatives the, the idea that, look, whatever, o- Obama uh, was somebody I disagreed with, but uh, uh, that is what it is. There's been a lot of politicians that I disagree with. What got them more than anything was the idea that everybody was happy. This is great. Yeah. He's awesome. If you're fair and nice, then you believe that everything that's going on right now is super cool. And if you don't, then you are subject to ridicule. It's like there's now no longer even the space of like, I don't know. I like lower taxes like now that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah, out yeah. the window. Right. Right. And and so it's like it's reclaiming this idea of no moderate is now Democrat like and if yes. you are not if you are not a democrat then you're not a moderate and if you're not and now the uh, I'm not getting getting to the progressive stuff so the progressives don't email me on on what isn't isn't whatever like I'm I'm just yeah, I'm yeah. saying
1: uh, for, like for the Obama either. era thing yeah, yeah
0: yeah so for for the Obama era thing and that's something that I think when I watched that Super Bowl commercial where it was very post partisan Bruce and he's in a Jeep and he's going to a farmhouse church and, and he's talking about how we, we just need to get back together and blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah That's one of those elements that I think for, for some is like, no, that's exactly the problem with like liberal smugness is that like, we like, this is the center of the road. What I can see, what I'm comfortable with.
1: Yeah, that no one no one agrees on the even the middle anymore. No, no. And I think that's where it's a huge it's a huge value for a couple of reasons. There's I don't know any Bruce fan who's like, yes, what a great Jeep commercial. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, I guess, yeah, there's also the fact that we are assigning. I am. I'm not saying you. I am assigning yeah. a lot of uh, a, a, a narrative weight to a thing that is designed to push Jeeps. Uh, of- no, no, no. But uh, but, you know, uh,
1: an example of what you're talking about being successful was Eminem did it for Detroit. Yeah, right. Eminem did a random Super Bowl commercial. He does. He never waited on politics. Uh, certainly wasn't uh, a, a, an easy interview. No. And all of a sudden he's saying so wholeheartedly, Detroit needs to come back. American cars. Let's do this. And everybody was like, wow, that was yes. pretty powerful because for because
0: that, that's a thing where. Like, who's going to boo Detroit aside from right. like, you know, uh, Chicago and Green Bay. <laughs> if
1: Bruce had actually done what he wanted to do back in the eighties with Reagan yeah, and became a reclusive rock star who wasn't always available to the press, who hadn't done a halftime show, yeah. who then didn't all, didn't turn around and do Saturday Night Live, didn't turn around and do all of these things that he used to not do. And he used to never do these big promotional things and he wanted to stay relevant. So he started doing all the things he wouldn't do to promote albums And then also weighed in politically very often. Yeah. But in his mind, I think he was still that guy who told Reagan to stop using his song in politics. And so if he really was stayed that guy, and you all said out of nowhere, was Bruce Springsteen out of nowhere saying, "Let's, let's be nice to each other. Yeah. I think it would have been very successful. But he was already a political figure at that point. You so know, you can't go it, back
0: and say yeah. like like we're all harmonious and everyone's yeah, yeah, really yeah. happy right now and and I'm the one who's telling every hey everybody cool out be friends. It
1: might as well have been Nancy Pelosi for Jeep. Yes, <laughs> Do you know what I mean. Like it might as well <laughs> have well. When I'm her... driving a Jeep, I know <laughs> there's a church in Kansas. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to the podcast with Obama? The Obama podcast with Bruce. Uh, I listened to a few of them.
1: I, uh, I was listening to his book. So I was kind of, I was kind of saving that for,
0: yeah uh, uh a little, How was I, it? A I still haven't listened to it. They're, they're, they're pretty good. You know,
1: uh, Obama's a really well-spoken person as it turns out. Yeah. And so it's, it's really fascinating. And a lot of it's about his friendship with Clarence Clemens, And so they get a lot of good, good stories out of Bruce for that. I mean, that's the thing about, you know, um, Bruce is not always the greatest interview. He's a fine storyteller, but he's not, you know, he's not a good shoot the guy. And so uh, Obama carries a lot of the weight on those podcasts. And also it's it's important to point out that like, because Springsteen is an emotional figure, more than he weighed into politics or became like a lib or a figure of the left,
0: he fell in love with Obama,
1: you know? Yeah. He fell in love with another generational superstar.
0: Which is understandable. I mean, like they're... Yeah. I, I, so I'm researching this uh, thing we're going to do in a couple of weeks on the show about Dana Carvey's uh, worth as a political performer, as a political comedic performer. Oh, right. And, right, right. and so I, I was just doing a lot of research on the writing staff on SNL because I wanted to make sure I got all the credits right for the stuff that he did. And uh, Jim Downey, who was the head writer there forever and I think mean, yes. still writes there, uh, who it gets a lot of credit for being like a conservative counterweight in in certain elements of it although he doesn't say that he's a a conservative uh he was like you know uh, probably the biggest reason why they never really went after or just did anything with obama like obama yeah. was this thing that i feel like is even getting lost now as we move further away from 2008 that people just need to understand he was this like paralyzing cultural force that it even, even in terms of the conservative movement, because remember they ran John McCain and the conservative movement wasn't exactly in love with him that like there was soul searching on the conservative side, questioning like, what are we going to do with this? Like this is, this is something that was like just totally blindsided them Uh, 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 a lot in, in a lot of the same way that, that Trump blindsided, you know uh, the the, the Democrats and they took a while to figure out what the hell they were going to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, in many different ways, untouchable in different ways. Right. Like, uh, yes, uh, you know, um,
0: well, well, Trump, Trump was the exact opposite. He was like, please yes. touch me. He was like asking, like, can you please do crappy sketches about me? It would, it would make yeah. me, Oh, yeah, look, I'll, so I'll like, be so mad.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like the unstoppable force versus the untouchable object is really what yes. it is. Yes. Obama is the first black president as a charismatic, uh, and, and charming figure. To go after him in any way personally, you. You, that can backfire. Trump was like, "You could unload every barrel you had," and it was like, "Ting ting 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 Nothing stops yeah. the
0: march forward on this guy. And, and he'll and he'll 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 bump and feed for you. He'll be like, yeah. "Oh, <laughs> terrible impression," and he's like, "Oh, damn it, I'll get yeah, yeah, yeah. you next time." <laughs> exactly. Like
1: welcome all comers for sure. Yeah. yeah. So those it was, it are was, it was two very uh, you know two. Two people that will define the era. I mean, in the history books for centuries, you know, yeah, it will be yeah. the Obama Trump political era.
0: well, and and uh, uh, easily one of the most comedically fallow periods for, for yeah for political it was, I mean, comedy, like just horrendous. And I do I feel like I got things a lot things are happening. Things yeah. are coming back. I, I, I hope nature is healing. No, I
1: mean, I got, I got the most flack I got as a podcaster weighing in on politics who does doesn't do
0: pol- political no. podcasts. You guys, you guys don't really do that on ICS, at least no. in any kind of main thematic way.
1: No, no, no. I said uh, all of your comedy podcasts will get better if Biden is elected president. <laughs> That's what I told them. I said. I said, I said if, you, if you don't want to vote because uh, all politics are the same or I've never voted in an election or yeah. whatever you want to do, honestly, like the best thing you could do for the podcast you listen to is vote for Joe Biden. And that got me a huge amount of flack, really? <laughs> which, made, which means that I really did push some buttons.
0: Oh, number but one, you're, like, totally, you're, you're, you're totally right. And also, I would add as a postscript, you're going to find out who the hacks are. You're going to, you're going to find out who yeah, was yeah, yeah. just feeding you like MSG to like keep you coming back to cover up for the fact that they had, they, they, they weren't good.
1: Yeah. I want to come to go back to the merits. You know what I mean? You know? Uh, yeah. Like was, jokes
0: and, and characters yeah. and funny things. And not just like, if I still, oh, oh crap, I have this awful joke. Let me just staple tiny hands or Cheeto to it and see if it's good. <laughs> oh no, I don't have a good joke. Let me just bring back like a, 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 beach t-shirt store era homophobia, but I can do it if I staple Trump next to it. Like, like yeah. now it's back in a big way.
1: Cause you need stories that are not political. You need non political mainstream stories.
0: Well, I also pes- just think that Biden is somebody that like, uh, I and mean, I don't want to eat too much into the Dana Carvey thing I'm going to do, but like, uh, uh, he Biden is make fun of in a way that yeah. Obama wasn't. And and Trump, for whatever reason, Trump was a gigantic target, but nobody could really get a a funny take on him because they were so pissed off about him and they just yeah, needed yeah, yeah. to attack no, him.
1: Yeah, I can make fun of Biden. I voted for Biden. I can yes. make fun of Biden. No problem. I can watch people make fun of Biden and laugh my ass off. It does not feel like I'm failing my side of the political spectrum by no. doing so. Right. And and so and anyone who makes fun of him isn't this right wing, crazy lunatic. Jerk. Yeah, right. exactly.
0: You can. And and you could even get incisive. You can say he has dementia. You could say yeah. he's slow or he's going to die tomorrow. And it's like if the joke <laughs> is funny enough, they're not disqualifiable. Not like, where did that
1: come from? Oh, you're buying yeah, into, Tucker, What's your point? You're buying into yeah. Tucker Carlson about his age. Exactly. Uh, no, you know, he's a flawed, uh, uh, regular politician (laughs) yeah and and so it's just nice to have politics go back to that era that area again it's a nice exhale
0: well uh much like bruce we probably went on too long so uh (laughs) We will get out of here now. Uh, uh, Matt Donnelly is the host of the Ice Cream Social Podcast. If you're not listening to it, you're very stupid. And uh, we will have you and the rest of the ICS crew on in the next couple weeks because I'll be out in Vegas. And I do want to do a big wrap-up episode from our bookmark of when things had just (laughs) shut down versus now when things are... Cranking, yeah. right there's no restrictions in vegas right now right
1: none uh but man it still feels like things are still changing week to week in so many ways but yeah it's 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 a uh, it's different yeah
0: well uh i will be i'll be out there to see for myself in the next couple of weeks but i will awesome. see you then matt donnelly thank you thank you thank you so much thank you guys bruce
1: bruce <laughs>
0: Politics, Politics, Politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. The show is edited by Brett Stewart. You can uh, go say thank you to Matt Donnelly for coming on the show by going to px3guest.com. Our email is at gmail.com. Our tweeter is px3tweets. Our Twitch is px3live. Our newsletter is px3newsletter.com. And you can share our podcast at px3podcast.com. If you'd like a shirt or a mask or anything else with any of our logos on it, you can head on over to politicsmerch.com. You can also support us with a one-time payment. paypal.me/payjury. Venmo is justin-young-20. Our Cash App is px3cash and checks can be sent to PO Box 153184 Austin, Texas 78715. Again, that is PO Box 153184 Austin, Texas 78715. By the way, uh, uh, the, the, the existential debate rages on on whether or not Venmo money is real. Michael sent me $2 and said, the money Venmo gives you for nothing isn't real. Hmm. Well, if you want to debate them and you want to see whether or not the fantasy numbers that are in an app on your phone is indeed real money, well, put it to the test. Send me a dollar, justin-young-20 on Venmo. Of course, if you want that bonus content, baby, you can only get it at takepoliticsseriously.com. Our $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week, covering all the news that we miss on our free podcast schedule, and our $10 tier gets your name read at the end of the podcast like these fine folks in the Titanic $10 tier. Headphones, Neil, Doctor G, the other half of Whiskey Wednesday, Idris, the Government Unfiltered Podcast, Hundred Mile Runner, Berkeley, Stephen, Kathy, Mag, Zombie Doc D, really, Methuselah Honeythuckle, the Jan Middle Age Mike Junkie Calamities D. Laser Lord Scale De Quince Anile the Third and Gloria Young for King of the New World Order, Utah Jimmy Montana, Chad, David, Snuffies. Off Route Forty Four, Charles, Olin, and Angela, D L. Miranda, Janelle, persons familiar with the matter. Robert, Casey, Paul, the most conscientious nonpartisan listeners. Brad, Will, Frozen, Summers, Jay Pink, and Andrew. If you would like to join their ranks, takepoliticsseriously.com. That breaks it out for the weekend, baby. Cut loose. It's hot outside. Find a pool. Find a beach. Crack a claw and recharge. We'll be back at you first thing on Monday morning with our Sunday, Sunday, Sunday edition for patrons. Next week, we got some great guests coming up. It's going to be a real fun time. Till then, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dare to discuss oh Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program. Dog and Pony Show Audio.